1878, the year of our Lord, George A. Romero, Dawn of the Dead. Zombies come out to play. Wait, wrong episode. This is the uh, movie podcast we've done. Movie uh, reviews for 293 episodes, and this episode's no different. We've never done comic books. In this episode, we're going to talk about Dawn of the Dead by just insane demand. People people were requesting us to go back to the Romero-verse. Oh, yeah. It was intense. We had to shut down our email. And we took it off our Delete phones. their account. Three living hosts. You know, the three dear friends get together to talk about movies every week for the last six years, many, however long it's I been. I mean, how many movies have we watched for this show at this point? Countless. Countless. 293, except we did a comic book. Uh, Two a week for six ago. years we've been doing. My God. Can you believe it? Uh, we actually have one that's been in the biz, you know, so to speak. So you know you're getting the hottest of takes, the realest of takes. He's a writer, unpublished. Uh, he hasn't written anything in, in maybe five years. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the Movie Review Podcast. Yeah, I feel like just the other day I composed a caption for a Instagram photo. So, I mean, really? Instagram.com has published my work if you want to get technical. Uh, you know, but I'm published by choice, uh, not by chance. Uh, it's great to be here. This was something almost like the old paper keg intro, so you threw me off uh, mm. considerably by introducing me, so I appreciate that. And uh, I'll throw it to our next host, who some remember as the podcast Bad boy, the VP of can't deciding what fear agent shirt he wants to get. Oh, God. And uh, I think Slim refers to him as the Silver Fox. Dale underscore play. Welcome back to the show. Um, you know what people ask me, Jonesy, is bad boy. Is Dale underscore bad a boy. what on earth annoys you when you're standing at the urinal to go pee. And I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what I tell these people. The obsession that men have when they are peering down at their own penis and watching the urine come out of that tip and they got to spit. They spit down into the urinal just hoping to watch like this strong urine stream like take the spit away. They spit down into their pee stream at we places of business. All of this at out. places of business. At places of business, they do it. They got their collared shirts on and their uh, Van Heusen trousers, and their wieners sticking out of it. And they spit down into the urinal, so I guess they could see their water jet of a urine stream cut the spit in half. Why does no? Uh, why is there no filter on these people's lives and their mouths that they need to insist? Uh, and I'm not, uh, you know, judging. I'm not out there looking. Uh, I'm looking around someone's pants, like like my head is close to their butt, and I'm peering around, like I'm Nathan Lane at the, on the DVD cover of Mouse Hunt. I am just standing there, eye level with these people. And I and out of the corner of my eye, I see them spit. I hear them in this in this silent bathroom. Are they like working up at you? They're, no, no, they're not. They're As looking they spit, at their penis. They're, they're peering at you. They're looking at their penis, and and you can hear. Welcome back in to the, the silent flap. bathroom. The mouth working up enough spit, <laughs> and then they don't like. They don't even like spit it out with force they just let they just let amass enough saliva to let gravity take over so it like falls from their mouth and it, and they and they Drizzle. aim for their own pee stream <laughs> and i just can't not notice it now are these do you think these life. are the same people that like moan when they uh, first start peeing you know, we go in the bathroom and there's people that just like moan as if uh, they're having just the the most magical moment alone. Yeah. 
Yeah, and their eyes are closed, and they like cock their head back up to the ceiling with their eyes closed, like breathing right. through their mouth. What about people that go number you know, I was two? Was going to participate. The people that go number two and and also have some kind of like emotional response to the moaning that there's just so much pupe that they need to expel <laughs> that they're like groaning. I uh. I try to keep it classy and I try to pretend like I'm coughing as my, my initial rush comes out of my behind. <laughs> I try to cough loud enough. <laughs> you ever have someone try to talk to you while you're going number two? Oh, man. That's only... hell. Yeah. That's like, it should be illegal. <laughs> Like, why can't you just ignore the fact that they know you're in there? I don't want anyone to look at me when I'm walking into a bathroom stall. How about when you're, like, it's bad enough when my wife tries to talk to me through the closed bathroom door, and I'm in there. (laughs) Expelling. (laughs) I've had employees ask me for things when I'm on the pot. No, that's me. That's me and you time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. am out. Uh I know you're kind of busy right now, but can you look at my time card for yesterday when you get out? Oh, yeah, no problem. God. That's exactly what I feel like doing. Gosh. I right. should take an S. You should piece. like poop louder when you get those requests. <laughs> remember? <laughs> remember when I suddenly become the emotional pooper? <laughs> remember when uh, <laughs> remember when Jonesy had a bloody <laughs> nose so bad that Ellie was pooping at work that he had to yeah, like yeah, get what, carted did, away. Did we never tell the story on air? I, I think we may tell it now. Episode two ninety four. Dawn of the just so, a reminder. Dawn of the Dead, nineteen seventy eight. Prelude, just around the corner. So let me set the stage. I had a, I had a long bout of bronchitis, and um, I would drink Dayquil. Um, I would just carry it in my pocket and take long pulls of it. Peak. And day, day quill dries you out like bad, like flaky dry. So I go to my spot. I have a spot at work where if I have to go, I know it's clean. <laughs> and I uh, get in there, you know, and uh, I drop trowel as one might do. And um, everything is, is good. And just as I'm about to stand up and and reclasp my pants together i sneeze um and then i realize the situation has become a little more wet than it normally does everywhere south of my chin and i look down and hard to see that i've bled all over my shirt dripped down into my undies that are now <laughs> exposed because i'm still in the sitting position down my work pants and uh, i panic and I try one-handed to get my situation together mm-hmm. as the other hand is like diabolically trying to get mm. tissue out of the roller and stop up the works. Uh, I managed to get my pants together and like fall into the sink as I continually bleed out of my face. So I try to get my iPhone out to call uh, my boss, but since my hands are now so caked in blood, I can't touch. Like, the capacitive screen won't go. So then I'm forced out of necessity to call over, because I, I wear a radio. I'm Motorola radio. Uh, over sponsored my, by the shoulder. Sponsored so by can, Motorola. So, <laughs> sponsored by Motorola HT750, radio of the future. Uh, so I, I call my boss, and I'm like, um, can you meet me in the bathroom by to which he replies, no, I really don't have time to meet you. And then I reply, uh, Scott, um, it's hot. I'm like, come meet me here. To which he replies, no, I can't get there. And then for maybe the only time in my life, I've had to beg a grown man to come meet me over the radio, which probably has an audience of 75 to 100 people at any given moment. And so at that point, one of the young ladies upstairs hears the desperation of my voice and right. just walks into the men's bathroom to see if I'm okay. So Absolutely. imagine me covered in blood, the sink full of blood. Now at this point, I'm a little lightheaded because I've lost so much. 
pints. Just trying desperately to like wash my face as more blood appears down my nose. Um, so my boss walks in, says, I, I hand a guy, goes, God damn, and walks right back out. He doesn't have time for and this. And then he gets composed himself, comes back in. And his idea, he's like, we should lay like, him down. I'm a baby. On this Help bench. me. I'm a baby. <laughs> I'm like, I have no, like, I have at this point, I've tried holding it and putting my head up. Nothing has worked. So he's like, we should lay him down on this bench. <laughs> That'll stop the bleeding. And I'm like, I, I'm like trying to shake my head no, but they lower me onto the bench. It goes, now the blood goes shooting down my throat. Right. I start Jeez. like dry, like, coughing blood up so they're like no let's get him up and uh like i'm trying to speak and it's now trying to call 911 and i'm trying to smack the phone out of his hand because i'm like you can't shut down the yard on the busiest day of the year i'll just bleed to death don't call an ambulance i love my company so they uh stop me and the ambulance comes anyway and i shut down the building on the busiest day of the year Mm. And they take You're, me to Abington uh, Hospital where uh, they have to cauterize. So apparently there's a blood vessel under your sinus. And if you blow the blood vessel, it just lights out. So they had to Not cauterize the blood vessel. So to prove a point, I went back to work that day. <laughs> so that all my part-time students would know that they were a bunch of wieners if they decided to call out for being <laughs> sick or had anything wrong because I went to the hospital and came back. Your your uh so I mean your underwear probably looked like some victim from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> some hapless <laughs> martial law evading victim. But you know, when when I got home your underwear probably church. your underwear probably was looked no, like Sarah Polly scrubs in the remake of Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> everything everything went in the trash and I had a good soak. So did you come back to work wearing the blood soaked clothes from the hospital or did you go? No, home I first? went I went home, got a fresh set of clothes, and went back to work. Fresh set of undies. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had to. It was it was bad news bears down there. Who had to clean up that bathroom? Uh, Hazmat had to come in and clean it up. Ugh. It was a flood. My God. So there was like God. kitty litter on the floor for like two or three days. Right, to soak it up. Oh. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So my bad. Like I said, that was only the second time I almost died that at work. That used to be the cleanest bathroom. They probably had to board it up. Yeah, it's probably like boarded make up. a fake wall and, and where the they door put was. up a false wall. See yeah. how we transition that back to Dawn of the Dead? <laughs> Dawn of the Dead, where they built their own home Spewy at the top arms. of a mall. <laughs> Somehow they had all the pieces needed. Nineteen seventy-eight. Romero, that? he's back again. Jonesy, please. You know, I haven't done a synopsis in like five episodes. I got to put me on the spot. <laughs> Kill my dog. So the movie opens up um, not similar to the, the previous film, Night of the Living Dead, uh, in that we're in the middle of a crisis and most of the world kind of knows about it already. And there's news reports coming in. The dead are, are walking the earth. And, and you know, you have to sever their spinal cord or one shot to the head, whatever they say. So it's like, it's a burgeoning problem that the world is trying to deal with, the government's trying to deal with as we open up on uh, Dawn of the Dead. And two of the, I want to say riot cops, but I'm not really sure what branch they represent. Um, they have hooked up with a local news anchor through a friendship that they're going to beat feet. They're going to take the news chopper and they're going to get out of Dodge while the getting's good because, let's face it, the dead are appearing quicker. That Everybody's getting overwhelmed. So now, like, polite society is going out the window and people are starting to plan exit strategies. So they meet up at a, uh, like a police say Hellport, but there's also like a boat there, so it's some kind of way station. Uh, these four characters meet up, and they get in the bird. It's referred to the bird about four million times. 
in this movie. Get in that bird. We're going to steal that bird. Get that bird in the air. Somebody land that bird. So uh, they commandeer that bird and they get it flying and they come to a mall. And through most of the majority of the film, um, it's them fortifying the mall, dealing with the dead. You know, how do they make a life here? Um, and at the climax of the film, at the climax of the film, and, and I'm not 100% sure how much time has passed. Obviously, some has passed. But some of the military groups have splintered at this point. There are no more broadcasts. Uh, from the government or whomever. Uh, so this military force is kind of broken off and they're you know, referred to as the Raiders. And they go to take what the mall folk have. And then it really comes down to the last two survivors uh, who decide they want to live. They want a fighter's chance at living. They get in that bird <laughs> and they fly away. Their fate's to be undetermined. Mm. And the bird flies off. Into the distance. Bird. The bird. Bird. America, have you heard? It's a brand new dance called The Bird, A Walk. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Tour de Force. Dale, how old were you in 1978? I mean, I was old enough to go see Dawn of the Dead. I can remember quite vividly uh, driving my Datsun <laughs> to the theater, getting a ticket. And uh, going in with a couple of my friends, you know, gal pals. They like movies too, Slim. Catten, Catten, one night. <laughs> what was the deal? Uh, maybe just think of this. You know how they the beginning of the movie they start they're like pandemonium. It's, it's pandemonium. There's a there's a network doing like live interview with someone who says that they're zombies. And that they need to be shot in the head, and that's the only way to get, kill these these freaky people that are running around the planet. And, and if you have a bird, get to it. <laughs> but the people behind, like the pro- the production team that are like the audience, oh, they're like yelling at the guy who says they're zombies. They're they're upset at him. Why are they upset at that guy? Right? They were like disgusted well, also with this mad. man. Later on in the film, not to jump ahead, they're also mad at people who are like, hey, we need to think logically and maybe think about using our uh, military arsenal to just blow cities away at the most concentrated of the dead. And like, you know, hippies are like, no, man, you can't do that. You can't do that against the opposition. It's not an invading force. It's the walking dead. But I just don't get why... I mean, they're the the people. You scientists, man, are, you're all the same, man. They're ready to leave. Like they know it's bad outside in the world. They're all ready to quit their jobs and just go wherever, like at a mo- at a drop of a hat. And yet they're not believing this guy who says they're they're zombies. They need to be shot in the head. I, I just didn't get the disconnect. Like, why are they upset at that guy? Right. It's it's tough. I think it's tough to describe. I think it's three weeks after the. Night of the Farmhouse of from Night of the Living Dead. But you're right. I mean, they have clearly have footage. They probably had loved ones bite into somebody else's arm or neck at this point. Yeah. First, why are they such unprofessional TV producers and yelling <laughs> at, at the live on-air talent? Yeah. Second, why are they there thinking they're still drawing a paycheck? Why are they not... <laughs> Get, there's like, like 50 of them. There's 50 of them. Why, where are their families? Are their families waiting their for jobs? them? They're all just hanging out in it's, the studio, standing there. They're not in a studio audience. There's it's no like, seats. It's like Howard Stern on 9-11, like he didn't leave. <laughs> Seriously. That one. Yeah, that's pretty great because at this point, money is meaningless. So why are you reporting to a job? To do right, it's, what? And why are they like yelling? They're supposed to be putting on a TV show, and the cameramen are like yelling at the hosts, and the hosts are trying to have a debate, and the producers like or that guy like the showrunners up in the producers booth, and they're yelling at him, and the hosts are yelling 
to get him off the TV or something. Mm-hmm. And like, but it wasn't clear that he was actually on TV. He's just yelling at the staff to like stop. It was chaos in that studio. It, it was absolutely to the next level. Why was science the enemy in this scenario? Like the phrase, you scientists are all the same. <laughs> what the F are you talking is, about? What, is this the Woodstock era? When was Woodstock? 60s? 69? 68? Uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't 78. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That you scientists scene. are all the same. You all want to, you, you want to think logically. You want us all to be safe. Like, what are you getting at? What's your end game, scientist? Like, it, it, it's it's got ambition, in the but bird. you can tell it's so, like, the guy's working with a budget of nothing. Like, he, they're, the, these SWAT teams are just, like, blue jumps, like, Michael Myers jumpsuits with guns, and you don't know who they're working for. Mm, good point. And you don't, like, the first 20 minutes to a half hour when the TV studio and when they're going through that apartment building... I don't even understand why any of it exists. I mean, I love this <laughs> movie to death, but I don't understand why the SWAT is just like so racist and ready to just kill everybody in the building. Right. There's 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 a lot of there's there's a big lack of explanation happening, which I think is of the era in these movies and we'll see it in the uh, our next movie. Um but yeah, they they shift to the SWAT and uh, our lead white guy gives a little tip to the noob <laughs> rookie, and man, he he gets it right in the head immediately. <laughs> that sets the stage for the rest of the movie. And but yeah, like why are they there? They're like trying to take off these drug runners who are on the roof of the building. They're just shooting for no reason. They're wearing bandanas. Like, what's That's your end game here? Yeah. What's happening? And they're, they're, yeah, they 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 originally have a standoff with these people barricaded behind a door at the top of the apartment building. But then, so these people bust out. But why? What is the like? I I Wikipedia'd for more of an answer. And the SWAT team were supposed to be clearing out this apartment building because they were evading martial law. But I thought martial law was stay in your apartment building. That's what I thought. You're on your own. You're on your own. Yeah, I, I, I like the word. The best I, I think I could come up with is they were known to be harboring some of these dead people, but they weren't. They were just trying to live their life, and there were dead people in the building too. And then they got in trouble, like the tenants, because they were throwing the dead bodies somewhere. And then right. you had this like Launch racist, shoot. you know, Harvey Bullock. <laughs> ready to trigger happy, ready to shoot anyone that wasn't white. Oh, yeah. And Super. then there's like a standoff between, you know, our lead white guy. I can't remember his name. Was it? Do you remember what the guy's name I was? I want to say Steven, but that might be Ajax. Swan. <laughs> Swan. Wrong movie. No, wrong movie. War Chief Swan. <laughs> Just get to the bird. <laughs> he like stops the racist Harvey Bullock and then he meets his buddy for the rest of the movie. But then. The, just the whole beginning of the movie is a mess. Like, there's it's so so many crazy. scenes that don't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to belabor the studio scene, but that whole intro in the studio could have been ninety percent cut. They could have cut ninety percent of that scene, <laughs> especially at a two and a half hour movie. Two and a half hour of nothing, literally nothing in this movie. Uh, I've seen it before, it but the like the, uh, the guy behind the camera moving his hand like ah fat. You, yeah, ah, bow. Yeah. He did that move like fifteen times in the first thirty minutes of that ne- of that studio. He was trying scene. to convey his point across. I wanted to throw this that movie he thought, across the street. I was so annoyed oh at that, my, that extra. Yeah. We, you see, <laughs> yeah, the and scientists picture, were trying and, to hornswoggle the people. <laughs> by and you picture like Romero's just like in the behind dead. the camera. He's just like look like you're annoyed with what the people are saying. So the, so the actor's just like, do this, just keep doing this. George, you're not going <laughs> to put me on the... Yeah. He's like, you're not going to put me in the scene for 30 minutes, right? So I can just keep doing this one hand You motion. don't have this 10 times? You, you're sure you, you're not going to double up on me doing this move? No, no, don't worry about it. We, we need it. We need it. Right. And yeah. I even read that in the wiki, that like Romero was like, I guess, f- famous for just shooting 
so much random footage and he was just gonna like put a movie together later with like what he shot <laughs> right. which is evidenced by you know the first half of this movie um but yeah there's a, the one say scene 80 percent of this movie occurred by accident <laughs> absolutely it's all like b-roll with maybe 20 minutes of dialogue uh, interspliced yeah but when they bust down that one door and they shoot that guy's head and it oh, explodes god. oh my god that was amazing yeah that that like uh that was like a cast of one of the original actors heads because he was going to die at the end of the film but they were just used it in this apartment scene so it's just like this empty head with like literally like food leftovers in it and they actually like shot it with a shotgun and that's <laughs> oh really i didn't know that yeah the the i remember i read that that story on wiki too about how the original ending was the last surviving two characters just kill themselves. And I got the, the, uh, our lead black guy. What was his name? Wasn't his name was Peter. Black, I think Peter. <laughs> um, Rembrandt. He was like cornered at the end of the movie. And you know, Cyrus, that, it would have made sense if he, he ended it right there. Yeah. But allegedly the, the female lead was also going to kill herself. Whose character was pregnant. She was going to just, she was escaping in the helicopter and the zombies were coming after her. And there's a scene where she sticks her head out the window to look. Allegedly, she was going to just stick her head up into the chopper blades on purpose. <laughs> like that is the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard. If there that was is, the actual ending of the movie, are you kidding me? There, there would have had to have been guns everywhere because they <laughs> looted the gun store that was at the mall. There was a probably 50 guns inside the helicopter, inside that bird. There was 50 guns well, you know, in their apartment. They, she could have ran you know, to crazy. the gun store to get another gun. Not, not to skip to the end where they're trying to get out on the bird, but sure. Ajax goes around the corner past a gun rack with at least five rifles on it and defends himself with a Derringer, right. a two-shot twenty-two pistol. But he goes, but there's like an M16, an M1 Garand. Like, there's some great rifles. He's just like, nope, don't want any of these. When, when, also, let me go into my makeshift bedroom with my Derringer. When, when he tells her to go up the ladder at the end of the movie, and he goes in another direction, but does not kick down the ladder, he essentially allows the zombies to go up after her. Yeah. These, idiot. These, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's idiot. Like move the ladder. That's your, the ladder that's like your only way out too, I know, man. Just kick it three feet. Yeah, and even if it's still standing, the right. zombies aren't going to be smart enough to do that. It'd take them a half hour if they were smart <laughs> enough. <laughs> She'll be the bird will be in the air by that point. Also, la- last thing about the, about the ending: how does how do these doors that they the the little makeshift mall house that they live not have locks? How is there not a mm. locksmith? business in the mall that they have not raided and locked every door with like 10 locks yeah or, they could have read that made they could have read manuals on locksmithing <laughs> or or printed but or, or at least figured out like some very crude bolt locks right Anything. oh yeah like However, two by fours they because have they perfectly they've perfectly mitered a wall to match the surface of the existing wall to give themselves a false facade right. for their staircase the, but they can't figure out a bolt lock but they can per, like someone has been a, a woodworker all their life to come up with that majestic looking green matte wall mm. and that hallway god i love this movie just, i mean i like this movie <laughs> i'm just I saying love it. we are we are uh how about we're f- giving it the slim atomic robo treatment we, right now yeah, or, we uh, what is it the Batman, Batman, every Batman, Court of the Owls. Uh, the, oh, and uh, when Flyboy <laughs> Scott is a treatment. zombie and he's like leading his zombie buddies to the entrance that he now exists, and they just beat down this wall. I'm also, it's like a paper thin wall. I mean, honestly, you're living in a mall with dead zombies. Presumably, there's going to be a break in at some point. You're going to have to worry about things. Why not maybe just double up the wall? Maybe put a little extra support behind this faux wall that you mm-hmm. just built, idiots. Yeah, yeah. idiot wads. <laughs> or, like, yeah. How, how about I this? Mean, you got uh, the time. You have four, four months. You're spending in that inside that place. Mm-hmm. 
Why not take dates. a sledgehammer to the concrete steps and put up a set of foldable stairs? Though when you go up the steps, you just pull the steps up. Yeah. Like an attic. And I yeah. think... You had I four think months, all, you tell me you can't... I think, dear listener, we're all upset because the charm of the movie is getting to live in a mall with everything in it. <laughs> I think that's like a, uh, some sort of fantasy or adventure that we could all picture ourselves doing mm-hmm. and sustaining ourselves. So make it worth it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't half-ass it the whole time. They didn't half-ass the house they built. Yeah, certainly. That apartment was was kitted out. It was amazing. Gorgeous. And I, I don't mean to just take a hot steamer right. on Dawn of the Dead. Obviously a classic. It's a Some beautiful people say movie. it's top 100 films ever made. That doesn't mean it's perfect by any stretch. And I totally get that at the, when this movie came out at the time, I totally see this being revolutionary. You know, the uh, symbolism of a the apocalypse, but most of the movie is about a group of people living in a mall. Mm-hmm. They have these like zany montages of them trying to live a fake life. I get it. Totally see it. Playing at the yeah. toy store. Yeah. But... Yeah, consumerism. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. People... Why do the zombies go, go into the mall? Oh, we get it. You know, yeah, consumerism. Like... We go to the mall. We spend money. Yeah, yeah. We're drawn to it. That's what they know. As the zombies people, do. people, oh, that's what they know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so it all falls apart, obviously. They get to this mall. They're flying these choppers. They fly the they fly the bird, which has just millions of gallons of gas, and they're just stumbling upon these gas stations by hat by. Except at the I, ending, I mean, if you're a helicopter pilot, are you just going to be able to just fl- find gas stations? Yeah, I, I don't. Know. I feel like I they fill it up with eighty seven unleaded, which I feel like <laughs> is not the appropriate fuel probably for not. a helicopter. Probably not. Oh boy, they had what to shoot movie. the cap it's off. It's just of like the, a uh, gas pump. Fill it up. <laughs> So yeah, they so so Flyboy can't be the only one to know how to fly this bird in case he gets bitten and dies, which is what happens. But so he starts cross training the people. He starts cross training the woman he's impregnated and uh, the other people in the chopper. And so uh, they're out flying one day, and the the bandits, the roving bandits, see this helicopter and are like, whoa. Not only are there humans alive, but there is technology enough to be still flying a helicopter at this juncture four months after the end of the world. So we like they, to pillage those people and steal that bird. Yeah, exactly. Their head. So let's go ram ass and through the mall and just cause hijinks while mall music plays. Oh my God, you talk about B roll. Good Lord, the motorcycle gang. They should have just name that gang B roll. I mean, there was maybe forty <laughs> minutes of that gang. Sons of in B-roll. That mall. <laughs> Doing just the most inane things. That gang. I wanted to annihilate everyone in that gang. They right. were so annoying. <laughs> can, I love can, this movie. I, this movie is awesome. This, I love movie this movie was great. This movie was great. This, you know what. I can't believe I ever liked the remake Dawn of the Dead when this movie existed. This was so much better than the remake. The but it has some flaws, you know? Like I can't like imagine steps. Come on. I wonder if Chuck Forsman has been to this mall. It's the Monroeville Mall out mm. by Pittsburgh. I think he grew up around there somewhere. And uh um can you imagine like the the chaos that they wreaked havoc in that mall. They filmed from like 11P to 7A during the nights when the mall was closed. Like the crap that they Spoken put like this a mall shift through worker, by the and way. still had to get cleaned up. That's a lot of work. That is a ton of work. I'd quit. I'd quit. I'd walk Especially off the Especially when they were uh, <laughs> just roaming through Woolworths, just like smashing makeup displays. <laughs> right yeah but i mean it's the movie says things it's in, like it's incredibly graphic almost to the point where it's just like indulgent on its own 
like you, you and you know that's going to be the fact as soon as you know the SWAT team just starts killing civilians in the most gory way possible, like mm-hmm. bullets just entering and exiting their brains and whatnot. I thought and the zombie, God. like the zombie parts. When I remember I first seeing this movie, I always like remember seeing like clips and bits and parts of the Romero movies, and then to finally get to see it, I was probably I don't know seventeen or eighteen, maybe a little younger than that. But I I was just like the 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 effort they that they put into to to pull off zombies biting into flesh and tearing mm. apart humans was like holy crap. Yeah, the, the first time you see it in that high rise was really good. Yeah. When they're biting out of people's shoulders and they're it's like a clean cut and you can't really tell that it's, you know, not the same body or whatever right. they did to make it, you know, look realistic. Very well done there. It's crazy, crazy beautiful. I thought Flyboy was super annoying and just kind of not a good person. Like the, yeah. the, when you see him getting kind of like uh, put out by the two cops being good with guns and he's a, he's just totally useless with a gun but he's still trying to shoot and like endanger lives oh my gosh how about when they're first uh flying around the helicopter they haven't got to the mall yet but he gets accosted by a zombie and the girl is just kind of standing there watching it happen for maybe a good 30 seconds he's on the <laughs> ground trying not to get bit Right, and he's trying for his life not to get bit. It's brutal, but I think it was right before or after that scene where the zombie flyboy like tries to do something to the zombie to get it out of the way, but it's not even a punch. It's just like the most awkward move. I'll see if I can make a gif out of it. Yeah, later, is, but... he like forward body slams his body into the yeah. zombie. <laughs> like, what is that? The hand to hand combat was so absurd in this low budget <laughs> romp. I mean, even if you're Romero, you're like, we got to do that one again, Flyboy. Whatever you just did on screen was really awkward. Let's get another cut of that. Right. He like, I guess that must have been the one take. Yeah. It's like he went to like belly bump like (laughs) it's a sitcom and the zombie and they both fall flat on their back and then they're like, Flyboy's like a turtle. Like he can't turn (laughs) over or like move his arms or legs like a regular person. And it takes him two minutes to stand up from falling down from this belly flop, mm-hmm. belly bump maneuver. It's really awkward. Yeah. Like, human humans don't make these movements. Even no. humans that are fighting for their life trying to get a zombie out of the way. I mean, you, you do a standing... You do you, What you do is from a standing position, you do a drop kick on this zombie. <laughs> That's, That's the first thing. If I'm in front of a zombie... First thing I'm gonna try is a drop kick from a standing position. Absolutely, yeah. I, I Okada don't... style. Yeah, New Japan. I mean, I we all know that Dale's signature move is a spinning roundhouse kick to the face. I mean, Los, I mean, Los Mediocridad. I clear it. the ring, and I take and... care of business. I don't look like some uh, uh, Mortis the safety tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dale, your move would be kind of like the atomic elbow, you know, not unlike the the dream, you know, where you're swinging your elbow oh, around, yeah, yeah, and you just like pop them right in the forehead, and they slowly, oh yeah, fall back and they're just like their out. brain pan gets crushed, like the top of their <laughs> top front of their skull is just crushed under my. But I would like obviously because of the apoc, I would like have reinforcements around my elbow because yeah. I don't want to like hit nick a tooth or something. Yeah, yeah, you have like an like an elbow plate of some kind mm-hmm. to really punch in the brains. Yeah. Yeah, be the way I, to do I, it. I felt like um short white cop um he was really short. Like he was mm-hmm. comically shorter than the other lead SWAT character. Seeing them like back to back doing moves in the mall was like so jarring <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he was so short. It was like uh, sidekicks. Like he was like <laughs> waist high to Chuck Norris, little Jonathan Brandis there. And how about, how about when he's like going buck wild when they're pulling the trucks around to block oh. the entrances of the mall and he's just hooting and hollering just because. Idiot. Like it doesn't even. 
like George Romero's probably like just just like look on film like you're mustering this energy from somewhere to scream like the way you're screaming because he's just like hot wine cars he's like woo ooh ooh he's like clearly attracting yeah, well, cannibalistic I mean, zombies to your legs hanging out the the cab of a a, a Mack truck if if that. I was the other cop I would probably start thinking about I might have to shoot him right now <laughs> yeah yeah to absolutely. avoid anything. And just tell everybody else that he's just lost to the zombies because that's what happens, <laughs> right? What? What? Who's gonna have the other word? He just, yeah. they just believe that guy. Yeah, Dale is apparently the Shane of the PK three for Walking Dead. <laughs> I just, oh, I'm just man, so, zombies cannon. It was crazy. Rubbing my head. <laughs> oh boy, love this movie. What a movie! Great movie. Let's all get to the bird together. Let's get in that bird. The bird. Yeah. I wonder how long they would have been able to stay there had they uh, not I know. really muffed it up with the uh, B-roll gang. Because, I mean, like, it doesn't matter how many zombies would have piled up outside. They just wouldn't have been able to get through, apparently. I mean, they did park the those Mack trucks five feet away from the entrance to the mall. Right, that was so, useless. Like, single file or double side-by-side zombies could have gotten in into the door, but... I still don't think they could have gotten in, and and they cleared them all. I mean, where that did they mall, put them? They put them in the freezer. They put that maybe had room for five zombie corpses. Yeah, but there was like sixty in that mall. What the heck did they do with all of them? That's a good question because I mean, I got I got sickened when they put those zombies in the freezer with all that good food. Right, that'd be the last place I'd want them. Yeah, just like put them in a room you'll never go in again. Yeah. Or put them in the locksmith or, uh, company uh, place. Yeah, or take them th- t- like to the top of the mall and throw them off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that mall was like, I what's imagine the, um, there's a furnace. What's the presidential like fault? The governmental fallout shelter under the hotel is that like Greenbrier or something? I have no idea. That mall had like more. S- survival rations than like governmental fallout shelters. I won't, yeah, is that a normal thing? Maybe in that of that era that malls were just maybe always equipped with, you know, a bomb shelter cases, or a fallout shelter? There's like cases and cases of rations. Cases and cases. Chuck and, Forsman and, has probably been down there. He, he probably lived down a, there for a week. I got a private tour. <laughs> he probably wrote the end of the effing world while he was in that shelter. Oh. God, he probably did the of the Monroeville Mall. <laughs> what a movie! God bless him. God bless Chuck Forsman. Two and a half hours. Great movie. Probably could have been ninety minutes. Yeah. I um, mean, I will take it when I do watch it. You know, I'll take it. But then I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, yeah, could have done without. Because <laughs> because you get so frustrated looking at belly flop to take down zombies and you get frustrated with uh, Pete and his little pea shooter at the end. Uh-huh. But he it's good. the ladder up. I, I love how he ends all his movies on like this skeptical note. like Bittersweet note. Bittersweet. Like, yeah, I mean, the first one obviously was very, not even bittersweet. It was awful. But Dawn and Day... Is just like well, to be continued? Question mark kind of thing. Uh-huh. I mean, that's I guess that's the only way you could. How really much fuel it. we got? Not a lot. Well, okay. What? Yeah, like, are you going to go that's down? What if you plan on going down? Life? What if you plan on going down? Where are you going to set this bird down, lady? Yeah, that, that ending conversation was very stilted. Yeah. I felt like they could have done another another few rounds well, of that okay. conversation. He's like, "Am I going to be the one delivering this baby?" Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe he liked Credits. the delivery because it was like almost like an absurd conversation to end on or yeah, the, yeah. just the way they had it was so strange and maybe that's why he liked it. I don't know. I would have liked to see at least once with Flyboy's knowledge of helicopters some sort of map with like circles around where they are to kind of assume they knew how far they could get. I would have loved... It didn't yeah. even have to be accurate because nobody was going to pay attention to that you watching mean like the movie. The, you mean like the pin with the yarn around it? Like yeah. we maybe have been here? He's like, we got maybe enough fuel depending on the way to get us 
And then and that way, you at least know what direction to fly in when you do take off. Mm-hmm. Idiots. Say wrong. If we were trapped in this mall, we'd have it all figured out. We would. We'd be still alive. Yep. We'd ha- it would be. We'd have a government in that mall. Yeah, with with the amount of utility power still available when nobody's there to operate utilities, which was absurd for four months, yeah. no power plants yet the mall fully oh, functional. Yeah. Beautiful. But, I mean, I would figure running off a generator, but how much gasoline is in that generator? Certainly not four months worth. No. Plus, no, why would you they? Would, you would have light? maybe a week's worth of gas in a generator. Why would they light up the the entire mall? Wouldn't they just really just shut everything off to try to conserve, or mm-hmm. not to really just blow it? No, they do the opposite. It They're like, from? let's just pump this mother effing music this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who Turn cares what kind on. of gasoline? Also, why would you leave the music on? Who knows what people are listening, zombies, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, if music attracts them, then what really are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do things differently. Great us. movie. Love this movie. I, I you know, movie. I'm glad we watch it for the show. It's nice to see it again. There you have it. Dawn, Dawn of, the of the Dead. Dead. 1978. Uh... I think we might have some letters this week. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Believe it or not, letters. Are you sure? At paperkeg.com. I think we have two, according to my calculations. Oh, jeez. Uh, I have one. Uh, uh, from former show intern, uh, he writes, "See uh, you in Baltimore." Whoa, Uh-oh, Matt H. Uh oh, Matt Ooh. H. No way, really? You kidding me? Wesley. Matt H. <laughs> but that could be a troll because Wesley. I think the Metropolitan Opera is playing that weekend. So <laughs> yeah, he's got ticket. He's got a season pass. Not sure if he's really going to be able to make it. Matt yeah, HH, if this is real, us. there's no way it's real because there's no way he would have not slacked us about it yet. I got a second letter. Maybe it only hit my inbox. Let me see here. Not in spam. I'll read it. Here we go. From Kent. Greetings. I discovered recently that Image Comics started a six-issue comic series in 2009 that was to feature six of the seven original co-founders, Wiles Portasio. Jim Valentino, Mark Silvestri, Rob Liefeld, Eric Larson, and Todd McFarlane. The series was to feature popular characters such as Spawn, Savage Dragon, Youngblood, Shadowhawk, and Witchblade in an epic crossover adventure. As of May 2017, only three of the six planned issues have made it to print. Is there any more Image Comics than that? Is there anything more Image Comics than that? taking over eight <laughs> years to do a six-issue series. <laughs> I was an Image fan when the company first started and waiting three months for the sense-shattering action was almost too much for me. I can't imagine if a person is still a fan of these characters what it is like now. Rob Liefeld even stated on Twitter, it goes without saying that Image United is a massive embarrassment. I know you all are probably thinking, why would someone send this email to a movie podcast? <laughs> but I had to get your opinion. <laughs> friend of the show kent kent thank you oh kent i love you that's amazing. i mean that's, i've never read a comic book is are they good <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll check uh, it out that's super astute so, right like that is like there's nothing more image about that situation i hadn't ever even thought about it like that i mean it was probably the hardest project of all time to do i mean they were going to make a, a mini series and each creator was going to draw their own character in the book it wasn't like, really the book. that sounds gross like, that's the hardest thing. Why would you ever want to try that? Six issues, I mean, it's though. It's so I mean, defunct that Grant Morrison would probably try to uh, reference it in a comic <laughs> book about it. Scuba Diver. Saving the Universe. And a talking uh, Charlie Tuna. monkey with epilepsy. The book club that never was. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and instead no, of I feet, they have meteors. What a strange thing for, for Kent to bring up. I don't think anyone's talked about that series in, like a, I feel like, a decade. Well, right? Kent just withered. Well, that's why Kent had to email somebody. He's so he emailed his out. favorite movie podcast about it. It's never going to happen, Kent. Kent, we're They've sorry, Kent. Kent, it's over. 
just like this podcast. Oh my god, episodes. Kent! Don't his words game over. think six, but whichever. <laughs> there you have it. We got another episode to do tonight. Great show. Uh, you know, we'll uh, see what he, since we, I think we're in the fireside, uh, okay. I'd like to share with okay. um, an anecdote that happened right before we started recording that made Dale want to drive off the turnpike, pull my driveway, and take a hot steaming dump on my Dodge Ram. And then he and, uh, and that's when I told him he's he's worked up right now. All I said was, "Hey, maybe I'll give you a review of the Defenders because I watched it this week." Right, and Dale yeah. started urinating on the monitor Blood in the spot where my face his, appears, and his spittle at the bottom right. Because you don't, because you you expect that response from me, and you do it, and you say, "Uh, we're not even recording yet, but I'm going to tell you this to garner a reaction," and then you get defensive as ever <laughs> about e- e- I don't think uh. I think you got defensive. I don't know what happened here. We're all friends here. Jonesy, in order to maximize episode content, we'll save your Defenders talk for the next episode. Sure. Episode 295? You know what? 295. I want these two friendships to work out. So for the record, I'm going to retract my Defenders review. No, I still want to hear it. We'll hear it at the top of the hour. We need to remain. We need to remain friends. We can't sacrifice our friendships. Let's just tease out what the next episode's book club is. It's probably one of our hotly, most hotly requested book clubs movies to do. By People are, have been prepping for this. Clamoring. They've been clamoring. They've been preparing. They've been popping the Blu-rays to get ready. 1979. The Year of Our Lord. Mm. Val Kilmer. Al Pacino. (laughs) The Warriors. Walter Hill. Legend. This is what it's all about. It's all been leading to this. Next episode. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear Jonesy's Defenders review in the next episode. He's stewing Somebody can. Stewing in his own juices. Somebody get... Uh, a piece of wood so that Dale can put it between his teeth so he doesn't choke on his tongue. In betwixt his teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.